Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter. It's season 3, episode 8. It's a WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. Now if you haven't already, do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we've had a busy weekend. Uh, a lot of teams have been in action in many different parts around the country. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't all just been at home. Uh, so we're going to start off on the pitch, uh, on the green pitch, the grass at... Uh, we're talking a little bit of soccer, a little bit of football, uh, the world game. Uh, so let's go all the way to the glory women and let's see how they went. A few minutes and see how she feels. Well, she may get tested out here. Lowry on to Hinson and scores for Perth Glory. She takes advantage of an injured Keely Richards and grabs her third of the season in just four matches. And that's a beautiful turn onto her left foot. So just before we get to the game and the matter at hand, after two rounds, uh, Glory's own Hannah Lowry, she was at the top of the Liberty A-League women's stat line for attacking involvements with a total of 16. So well played to you, Hannah. Great job. Now to the game itself, they finished in yet another away draw. A two-all result this time against Newcastle. They were, they were ahead of the game as well uh, through a 42nd-minute strike after a delicate cross from Sierra Hinson from Riley Baisden uh, to head to halftime with a 1-0 lead. But that, that didn't last long, conceding an equaliser in the 54th minute. But they fought back yet again and through the same source of this maiden goal of the game with Riley Baisden striking back merely four minutes later in the 58th minute. But in the 77th minute, it was a final goal of the game and how we ended up in a two-all result, of course, unfortunately, uh, from Newcastle. Uh, they conceded 13 to 22 goal goal attempts and 3 to 7 shots on goal. But it was where they were inaccurate that ultimately hurt them, having 8 to 3 shots off goal. So they got, you know, enough shots per se, but they just weren't accurate enough. Uh, goalkeeper Sarah Langman, she kept them in the game, having 5 saves across the match. It's frustrating that they were up on two separate occasions during the game, yet only walk away with a neutral result. And add to that, Riley Basin almost got a treble with her 79th minute strike just being denied by the woodwork. They actually dropped to third bottom after only having two draws and a loss from their first three outings, and it doesn't get any easier as they take on Melbourne victory in the next game. Um, just quickly, I want to touch on the men. Uh, they actually will be making their return this week to the pitch. So we'll get to touch base with Perth Glory men next week uh, after they play their game. And it will have been 214 days, not that anyone's counting, uh, since the men last played a game at home. And it will be their debut at Macedonia Park on Saturday. So we look forward to welcoming the men back on the pitch. And we hope that the Glory women, uh, that they can get a positive result Um when they take on Melbourne victory. But we'll leave it now for the glory. Uh, let's head on to a different kind of pitch, uh, the cricket pitch. And let's just quickly touch on some very, very exciting signing news for the Perth Scorchers men. Poor delivery from Benny Lockmarsh. Does he attack him? Does he attack him? That's the shot of the night from Mitch Marsh. That's a massive boundary out there in 20 rows back. Oh, my goodness. What power Mitch Marsh has. Try and get Mitch Marsh to hit to the bigger boundaries out square, but wow, that is massive. What 
a shot from Mitch Marsh, and what a message that's in a huge replacement signing after Laurie Evans was ruled out due to a positive anti-doping result for a banned substance relating to a sample provided in August this year. They have replaced him with decorated South African, and certainly in his latter years, 38-year-old Faf Duplessis. So the powerful right-hander represented his country 262 times, 69 tests. 143 ODIs, 50 T20 internationals, and captained the Proteas in 115 games during an international career that spanned from 2011 to 2021. He's also the most experienced player on Perth's list, having scored 311 professional T20 games, played, should I say, and scored 8,074 runs, four centuries, 50 half centuries at 31.05. And in Australia, Duplessis averaged 83.16 in tests, 52.60 in ODIs, while he struck 27 from 15 during his only T20 international on Australian soil. And a 38-year-old has proven his class playing multiple roles, but is most at home near the top of the order, order where his timing and clean ball striking rises to the fore. Duplessis is expected to be available for the first seven games of the BBL 12, and Perth will actually launch their title defence against the Sydney Sixers in a twilight contest-themed themed Home of the Champions, on Saturday, 17 of December, at Optus Stadium. Now, that's the good news, but unfortunately, there is some not so good news uh, because Mitch Marsh and Phil Salt are not going to be available for the entirety of their ca campaign with respective left ankle and left shoulder injuries. So, uh, the I know that Cade, Cade Harvey, uh, who's the high performance manager there, uh, they're already uh, looking very, very uh, hard. And of course, they're searching wide, they're searching low, they're searching high, they're searching everywhere they can to find some suitable re replacements, one international and one local. And uh, once we get that information, we will keep you posted and uh, obviously give you uh, stats on who those people are, what uh, what they can offer the team and where they prefer to play. But we'll leave it now for the Scorchers men and let's talk a little bit of basketball and a little bit of Perth Wildcats. <laughs> To the hiss, listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet, tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no, here we come. Oh no, here we come. Yeah, Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Watch out if you're in the way. Well, what a peculiar 48 hours for the Perth Wildcats. Let's take it back to Thursday. They lost their first game of the weekend, 95-106, to the Brisbane Bullets. And all this after tying at 92 apiece at the end of regulation time. But they just could not get their scoring going in the OT period. They actually lost that OT period 3-4, shooting four more field goals at only 1 of 11 for 9%. 0 for 3-pointers three pointers, and only one defensive rebound up against 8 for Brisbane. Now, Brisbane continued the strategy of targeting a weak paint protection for the Perth Wildcats. They scored 54 points in there at 61% from two-point field goals. Of course, this take, doesn't take into account, you know, floaters and jump shots, but, you know, for the most part, 
that those 54 points they came at a high click as well um but for mine the key stat was and a weak spot that's been there all season long was the rebound count they lost it 43 to 53 Uh, they did have three more offensive rebounds that just means they lost the defensive rebounds by 13 and this despite the bullets big men uh, Aaron Baines and Tyrell Harrison both not suiting up and actually conceded five less turnovers as well so there were some small steps forward and it was always going to be you know difficult versing a team on their home deck coming off a change of coach then getting walloped by New Zealand and so we're always going to come out breathing fire but it was a game that they just had to win like if they were any good they were just going to take care of business uh, Bryce Cotton he was instrumental with 30 points four three-pointers and five rebounds. Brady Manick had 17 points and seven rebounds. Sean Thomas had 13 points and four rebounds, with LT Luke Travers slowly getting his all-round stat line higher. He had seven points, eight rebounds, four assists. Now, they didn't have much time to wallow in their defeat. Next, turning their attention to the hottest team in the competition and close to the toughest assignment on the road with New Zealand in Auckland, but we talked about a turbulent and almighty peculiar 48 hours. They were just a different team. They won 92 to 84. And whilst they didn't start the game terrifically, falling to be seven points down at quarter time, they hung around in the second term and then made their move in the third. They won that by 11. And that was enough to allow them to hold on. And all thanks to and enter the player who played 230 odd games and contributed to three championships for the Breakers in Corey Webster. He was a man possessed. 26 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 10 of 17 shooting, and 4 of 4 free throws, especially some big ones right at the very end, and an absolute dagger fadeaway right in the corner, if you don't mind. But the next most influential player had to be Brady Manick, going for yet another positive performance. He had 18 points, 6 rebounds, 4 of 7 three-pointers, some big shots of of his own when they really, really needed them as well. And lo and behold, they tied the rebound count. And the last two games they did that this season, they won. And with shooting percentages pretty even, the game was won and lost on free throws, with Perth shooting 20 of 21 at 95% up against New Zealand's 10 of 12. So getting to the line pays. And all of this came as a result of New Zealand's seven more personal fouls being committed. Now they still sit seventh but are clearly within striking distance of 5th place Tasmania, and they're a couple of games clear of 8th place United. Certainly on a precarious position at the moment, and they need to go on a run of about 3-4 to four wins to truly build momentum and make a play for the playoffs. They will next face Adelaide away on Friday, who gave them a lesson just over a week ago in the jungle, and after themselves, Adelaide, coming off a loss to Sydney, they'll be looking to bounce back. Simply, there's no easy game in this NBL season, and they've just got to come up, come and turn up to play. And that energy commitment, uh, that effort, the grunt, the stuff that I was talking about last week, the stuff that you need for rebounds. Now, they haven't got a player like John Mooney, who's just a rebounder. Yes, he can score, but his sole goal, his whole purpose in life, his holistic approach, if you want to you know, look at it from an overarching point of view, there's the teacher in me coming out. Uh, he is a rebounder. So was Angus Brandt. So was Maddie Knight. And so was Nick Kay. They were rebounders first and foremost, and they could score second. There's not a player on the team, maybe apart from Majuk Majuk, which I still don't know why he's getting more minutes, uh, 
none of them actually play to that particular role. So they have to change their thinking and mindset. All right, have to rebound first, then I'll score. And that takes time. So we see, we have seen what they can do. They have been almost the best team in the competition. Sydney still laid that claim as far as I'm concerned, but it was a huge, huge step forward. We can only hope that they don't do what they've been doing all season and take two steps back. Lots of positive for the Cats. Uh, let's now get on to our affiliate team. Uh, we're talking about Perth Lynx. So let's head over once again, still on the court, and let's talk a bit of Perth Lynx basketball. Atlanta putting on a run, and Sammy Wickham left alone on the outside. Bad news for Atlanta. I mean, she is just on fire tonight. Bringing up the next. Wickham, no now they got crushed in their return to the court, unfortunately. They had a couple of weeks off. And for the second straight time this season, losing to the Melbourne Boomers. They lost 73-88, to shooting at a dismal 28 of 86 at 32%. This was 16 more shots than the Boomers, and they weren't close to hitting any of them. And the summary of that was both teams hit eight three-pointers, but the Boomers hit them from 19 field goals, and the Lynx, they took 38. 8 from 38 from 3-point land, 28 from 86. That is disgusting. Your shot taking is just questionable at its finest, or questionable at best. Now, one positive was they did win the offensive rebound count, and they turned all those offensive rebounds into 14 second chance points. But despite making numerous runs during the last three quarters, after the first, first term, they actually had a 22-21 lead. The closest they could get to Melbourne after that was nine points. As the Boomers went on an 11-3 and 13-0 run in the second term to really put a dent in the game. Sammy Whitcomb top scored with 20 points, nine rebounds, five assists and two steals. Lauren Scherf battled hard for 15 points, seven rebounds and three assists. As a result of the loss, they've dropped to six, but are only one win out of third, with Bendigo and Melbourne clear on top. Uh, they next play the South Side Flyers on Thursday, December 8, so coming up in only a couple of days' time. So we hope that the Perth Lynx can get back on the uh, winning side of things. Uh, they've been absolutely destroyed by clearly one of the favourites for the, for, the, for the championship in the Melbourne Boomers, not once but twice, and both on their home deck as well. So they've got a lot of work to do uh, to figure out, you know, whether it's shot selection or whether it's just it was an atrocious night out. You always have atrocious nights out, but you've got to have plan B, C, and D up your sleeve if the three-point game isn't working. So let's see what they can turn up, and let's see if they can bounce back in only a very short space of time. We'll leave it there, and let's head back to the pitch. Let's talk a little bit of Western Warriors. And WA, after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield, and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player, but this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. So they played yeah, well the Australia. Queensland Bulls in a Sheffield Shield encounter that actually ended up finishing in a draw after the first day was rained out. Uh, they tried everything to get the win. Uh, Queensland doing the right thing. They declared on six for 295 uh, towards the end of day two. Of course, with day one uh, 
no cricket was played at all. The Warriors responded with seven for 427 before declaring themselves and just running out of time to bowl out the Bulls a second time, getting them to seven for 97 uh, before uh, the last ball had to be bowled. Joel Paris, he had a superb return to the team with three for 26 from 1.24 economy rate. Uh, that, of course, was in the first innings. Bangers in their first batting innings made 164 not out from 448 balls. Cartwright uh, got 78, and Ashenaga down the back end of the order, he got 72. They were the other valuable and key contributors. Of course, uh, there's no doubt that you'd be giving Cameron Bancroft the man and player of the match. In the second innings at one stage, they actually had the Bulls on the ropes at 6 for 34. Money thanks to Lance Morris. He had 3 for 22 from a 1.29 economy rate, and Joel Paris again had 2 for 15 from a 08 excuse me, 0.88 economy rate. So they now have a little bit of a mini break before the big bash, but as a result of the draw, they still sit two wins clear of second and 11.31 points adrift of Tasmania. So they're in a really, really good spot he heading into the back end and the last couple of matches of the Sheffield Shield uh, once the big bash finishes. They're in a terrific spot. Uh, we've spoken about that all season. They've got a stellar squad. They've got talents coming out of their absolute ears, mainly bowling talent. Um, you know, they had to drop three of their bowlers from the last game. Uh, Charlie Stobo, uh, Dave, David Moody, and uh, another one escapes me, unfortunately. Oh, yes, Matthew Kelly, unfortunately. Uh, so he, he made way uh, because, of course, you've got Lance Morris going back in. You've got Joel Paris as well. Uh, why wouldn't you be having those players in your team? But uh, we'll leave it there for the Warriors. They're looking just cherry ripe at the moment, uh, heading into the Big Bash. And many of, many, of course, of their Western Warrior teammates or of their whole squad are uh, playing in the Big Bash anyway. So a lot of continuity going into that, which can only be a good thing for them. But let's now move and make our way to the ballpark. Let's talk a bit of Perth heat. Earlier to want to visit it. That one is clocked by Caminero. Wow. Kiss it goodbye. Junior Caminero responds with a leadoff home run in the second. We are all tied up. That was an All right, so let's do a bit of a recap. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the way that they wanted to open the series, uh, which was on the weekend up against Auckland Tuatara, as they dropped their first game 2-0. In a game dominated by the pitchers for the most part, uh, Brock, Brock Gillum, he threw a gem of a game with six scoreless innings, allowing just three hits and two strikeouts. And the Heat had their chances to hit the scoreboard with nine batters reaching base on six walks and three hits, However, they just couldn't capitalize on them and turn it into runs. Uh, they lost game two, four to 11. And despite being two, three down at the end of the second innings, between the fifth and the seventh innings, that's where Auckland made their move. They piled on eight to two runs. They did, however, bounce back in game three. They won that seven, one. And it all came down to a third innings where they scored three runs and the six innings where they scored four. That really set up the win for them. Uh, across games two and three, former big leaguer Warwick Sopold, he played a near complete game, pitching 8.1 innings, giving up just a single run on four hits without walking a single batter and striking out three batters himself. Unfortunately, they couldn't level the series and instead they lost it one to three. And in a step backwards in their quest to build momentum in the season. Uh, so overall, they succumbed one four 
uh, in game four. Going into the fifth, it was actually one all, but a three-run eight innings, uh, sorry, eighth innings, should I say, from Auckland was too much to climb back from. Jordan Power did, however, pitch an impeccable innings uh, after coming on in relief in the third, allowing only two hits uh, whilst registering no walks and four strikeouts. Now, as a result, they've dropped to equal fourth on the overall standings, but are still in a good spot in the Southwest Division and will now turn their attention to facing the Sydney Blue Sox in successive home fixtures next weekend. So, yes, we'll leave it there for the Perth Heat. Unfortunately, they couldn't really bounce back. It was good they were able to get one win to try to uh, give them a chance on the Sunday to level the series to all, but uh, they just weren't good enough for Auckland. So they'll have to bounce back, find a way to regather themselves, and, you know, uh, facing Sydney on the weekend. Still at home, so a yeah, great opportunity to go back-to-back home games and uh, see if they can, you know, hopefully get a bit of a clean sweep and, uh, you know, just, again, build that momentum, try to er- erode that inconsistency uh, that's been happening happening across the first couple of games that they had during the season. Uh, we'll leave it there for the Perth Heat, and we'll touch base with them next week. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We're done, we're dusted. That is the end of Season 3, Episode 8 of the Domestic Sports, well, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. Now, if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, It's really good to see that, uh, of course, the Western Warriors are just dominating uh, the domestic Sheffield Shield and one-day cup scenes at the moment. Uh, Unfortunately, not many other positive results at the moment. Perth Heat going down. Uh, the the Perth Glory, uh, the women, they're, they're sort of in, in a bit of a tide at the moment. A couple of draws and they're just slowly building into their season and mixed results for the Perth Wildcats. But we'll leave it there. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's an absolute privilege to have you on board whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon or the evening. We look forward to, we look forward to touching base with all of our teams on the WA domestic sporting scene, but more importantly, you and yours truly out of that. I'm out. The next.